You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. It's Teresa here, and I have a guest with me. America's not joining us today, but I have a guest, Rachel. Rachel, do you want to say hi and tell everybody a little bit about you? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm a certified peer specialist mental health with a substance abuse history. I've been in recovery for 22 years. I use my lived experience to help peers struggling with mental health and substance abuse histories. In my free time, I like to play guitar, sing, and enjoy spending time with my family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about, like, do I have an addiction? How do I know if I have an addiction? So... Do you want to intro this? I mean, you shared that you're a peer and you're a peer for people with mental health issues and a peer with addiction issues. You've been in recovery. What's your overview of your recovery journey? My overview would have to be, well, it's really scary to ask yourself this question, but if you're asking yourself this question, do I have an addiction? You have to have some kind of recognition that there is something wrong. Yeah. So maybe it's intentionally identifying that there is a problem, be it consciously or unconsciously. So my family has alcoholism pretty extensively in its past. I've been aware since probably I was a child when giving my father alcohol. (laughs) Right. I can relate. And, um, I remember times in my life where alcoholism was a slippery slope for me. You know, it can catch you off guard. That moment where you're like in this space and time and asking yourself like, whoa, is it a problem? And I remember drinking alone. I remember drinking a lot more than I wanted. All right. <laughs> and then doing stupid things. All right. Is it like a decision? Do you wake up and you're like, oh. This is it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's not a slap in the face. And it's not somebody telling you either because you're like, oh, whatever. (laughs) I don't buy it. But I think um, what it was for me with substance abuse, alcohol, drugs in general would have to be the simple fact that it was controlling my everyday life. I couldn't do anything without snorting a line or I couldn't do anything without having a drink. It was affecting my everyday life so seriously that I had to have it. And how long had you been using before you reached that point? You know, about six years. A while. Yeah, a long time, but everybody's different, you know? But I think for most people it is, it does take a while. And I think that's why it's so hard to, to see it. It feels like you're in that slow boil. Yeah, it does. Looking back, it's, it was a miracle. I made it out alive. I do know that. So it's definitely a slow process and uphill climb. And then it finally will level out. And when you think back to those early days, between the time when you first started using and then you realized it was a problem? Like, what was life like back then? It was chaotic. 
inmate looking back, it makes absolutely no sense. Some of the things I did. And I mean, they're not funny because I know how serious it is now. But at the time, I thought it was hilarious. And now I look back and I'm like, thank goodness we didn't have cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) I often feel like I laugh when things are really painful. Like that's a coping skill that we develop, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. We cry. It just breaks you. It does. And you feel so vulnerable. But the whole thing is, I think crying is good. I think it's good to get it out. Yeah, no, for sure. So it was chaos. I would wake up. I would use. That's the first thing I did before I even used the restroom. I would use. And then the day just kind of floated around. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just kind of floated around. No purpose. No purpose. It was confusing, too, because sometimes I'd wake up in places I didn't know how I got there. How long was life like that for you? I would say about 10 years it was like that, to be honest with you, because I ended up in recovery, maybe less. I can't math too well today, but um, I ended up in recovery when I was 23. And and so that process even took four more years. Yes. And that's so interesting because I think a lot of people hope that the day you make a decision to get clean, it's going to get better. And that often isn't the case. No, not at all. It can affect your mental health. Yeah. Depression, relocation is sometimes necessary. And then also the simple fact that you have to unaffiliate yourself with certain people. Too much temptation. You lose things. It's a loss. It's a lot and it is a loss. It's a change, a big one. Mm-hmm. You realized how much it was controlling your life. How long was using controlling your life before you realized it was controlling your life? Four to six years, definitely. But at that five to six year mark is when I knew something was wrong and I started to disaffiliate with people, unaffiliate myself. I started to step back and go, what am I doing? This makes no sense. Was there something that happened that like snapped you into the place to really reflect? Um, I had a friend, he overdosed on heroin. And then I had another friend that overdosed on heroin. Mm. I lost two people to heroin. And I call it losing a friend to meth. Because He no longer affiliates with me. Mm. He's homeless Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to go anywhere except to a mess house. Yeah. So it's losing people that you love, losing yourself. Was their loss different from other losses that you had had? Oh, yeah. It affected affected me deeply. Um, These were close friends. Um, I was around them regularly. It was devastating, to be honest with you. Thinking about them both, I get a little teary-eyed. Yeah. How did their How did their passing help you think about your life in that way? What did that look like? 
It was a reevaluation of self. And then it was also the simple fact that I didn't want to end up like that. Their family was devastated. All their friends, including me, we were all devastated. Yeah. We didn't understand the gravity at the time. But looking back, you can definitely tell the drugs. They're not as hyped up as people think they are. They're not great. They destroy lives. And that is a tricky thing about addiction, right? Like, we obviously don't do the drugs or drinking because it doesn't feel good. Right. At a lot of points, it feels good. But it did feel good at the beginning. I mean, like, do you know, when you think back about your drugs of choice and like why you used the things you used, do you have a sense of why you were drawn to the drugs that you did like? I was drawn to those drugs because I went through some very traumatic childhood experiences. Yeah. So from those experiences of being sexually assaulted by an adult as a child, not having parents around, they were always working. Yeah. And then just trying to mask emotions and feelings and people not believing you, it just it kind of spiraled down into using because it made you feel good. It made you feel different. You didn't have to deal with pain. You could forget it all. And that's powerful. I hear that story a lot from people who are in recovery, who are trying. It's like you find something that helps you mask a pain mm -hmm. and the pain is real. And it's so pain, you know, it's a lot. We were dealing with those things at very young ages. And so yes. we don't have like full personhood to help us figure out how to deal with those in better ways. And it's part of the real difficulty with especially starting addictions really early or experimenting really early. When was the first time you used? I was 14. 14. And I'm 43 now. So <laughs> yeah. It was started with, believe it or not, a cigarette. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I stupidest do. thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, I, I think if I never smoked that first cigarette, I went from smoking cigarettes to smoking pot to, that's a whole different story, but <laughs> smoking cigarettes to smoking pot to I tried cocaine, I did speed, and then finally I found my drug of choice. Oh, I drank. It was acid or LSD. Okay. And I think that's probably under heroin is probably one of the worst ones that affects you mentally. I think it affects people mentally more than any other drug because it really plays with the brain. Yeah, that's really interesting because I do. I mean, so your heroin was something that you fell into and that was the, the drug that was the har hardest to let go of. It was the top, it sounds like. But then right beneath that is LSD. Right. Tell your story about realizing that you have a problem. And, and, and was that a back and forth for you? Like, I know it's like, I'm going to get better and it's hard to get better. But then you start to, does your brain also play with, maybe I don't have a problem as much as right. I do. And Yeah, it does. It's a big time. Okay, maybe I'll be okay. No, it's not that bad. Or And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. And then you're back to, no, I'm good. I'm good. 
<laughs> and that back and forth sounded like it was like a four year process for you. It was. It okay. was. Because at you know, six years of use, four years of recover like like active working to stay clean, and now you've been clean for twenty two years, I believe, oh, if I math yeah. right. I know I'm coming up on my anniversary, so congratulations. November. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And and when you say clean, clean from using anything, alcohol, drugs. Yeah. I don't even vape. Yeah. And I know some people, that's real popular right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, no thank you. I know some people think about, I. if you go to 12 Steps, some people have hard feelings about even psychiatric meds, but how, what's your feeling on that? Oh, honestly, I think really it's like if you take a blood pressure pill or a diabetic pill, if you need it to adjust chemicals yeah. in the brain, you do it. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah. Your health is more important than anything. Without your health, what do you yeah. have? <laughs> I appreciate that, you know, because I get worried too when we become so rigid about everything. And I get it though. I get the lore of the need to be rigid because sometimes that's the only way to start your recovery because when you test. <laughs> right, right. What do you think was the hardest thing? about acknowledging that you had a problem? I had to look inward. I had to analyze, look at my past. And I think what hurt so much more was I had to leave where I was from, where I grew up. I had to leave all the friends I've had since I was in grade school. And I had to just start over in it. Oh, it tore me up. And it was hard. I mean, fiending for drugs, fiending for alcohol, wanting it so bad. But luckily, I didn't know anybody that could hook me up. So it kind of worked out. So you had to leave. You had to get out of your environment and hundred percent. How far did you move? Uh, well, how far is Georgia from California. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the whole other side of the exactly. country. Exactly. And that really helped to get that far away. It did because I was just immersed in it. And most people were out there during that time frame. They were just immersed in it. It was the norm. And I hear the pain about how hard it is. I know what that looks like. How did you have continued hope? How did you get to clean, you know? Because that's like, that's the thing when you're in the deeps of of the using, like you can't see the light. Right, right. Honestly, I know this sounds really bad, but it was the birth of my son. Okay. I got pregnant and I just really, I was like, okay, I got to be good. I actually yeah. thought I got to be good. And I didn't want any birth defects. I didn't want anything wrong with him. He actually saved my life. It's. I mean, I've, I've worked with a lot of women and that's a story that I hear often, you know, for women, that's maybe the thing we have that is a life changing experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, you know, and to think about someone else and it's, it's super intertwined in the body. It is. The mind. But I don't 
<laughs> I don't recommend going out and getting pregnant. <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. You want to do it the right way, but are you ever really prepared? But don't do it at like 18. No, no don't. No, no, no. I actually don't, you know, I think a lot of people have different reasons, but you have to have hope, right? You have to have hope. You know, you can seek peer support. You can seek therapists. We need to normalize mental health and substance abuse recovery, but being around people too that aren't into it, that helps. And living for something. Mm -hmm. Like you say, your son saved you. You lived for your son. You got clean for your son. Yes. When did you get clean for Rachel? What's that like? That's totally different. (laughs) It's weird because you have your kid with you and you're like, I'm doing this for my kid. And then all of a sudden it's like when they leave, it goes by so quick. They move out and they're gone off to college, whatever. And then, oh, wow. It was like, I'm doing this for me. It still hits me now after all this time. This is for me. I'm not doing this for anyone. It's so nice. It actually really is. It's so nice. It feels good. Makes me proud of myself. I see it. I see the joy on your face, you know? Did you think you'd ever get here? No. 14-year-old you, 20-year-old you? No way. I didn't even think. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But no way. No way. I never saw this. It still weirds me out. <laughs> when we were, I was working with people with addictions, like we used to say, like, I'm inviting you to this life that's not easy. Like, all of a sudden, you have to be responsible. Right. And, like, you have to pay rent <laughs> and have a job. Yeah, it kind of sucks. And an adult. <laughs> it's very hard. It is very hard. But it's better but it is better right and it's weird to say that to people and like but you know it's true but you can tell that they're very suspicious right right you are adulting you are stepping up you are taking pride in yourself what you've been through doesn't bother you anymore I mean it has an effect but it doesn't control you yeah your substance abuse your past history It just makes you go, hey, I can do this. That pride and that confidence, that's like pretty cool to live for. It is. It is. I think about, it's true, like thinking about my recovery back in the day. The day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back when you were in your 20s, back when I was in my 20s, like even three years ago. You know, just like right. to feel confident, to feel proud. I mean, and I think it's like little us wanted someone to feel proud of us when we were little. I think oh, when you're yeah. little, like so much of life, that's what strength gives you when you're a little kid. You know, like, look at us. I'm going to start crying. And like, oh, that's kind of like what trauma looks like and why. Mm-hmm drugs helps you deal with the pain of not having that kind of thing in your life right trauma until you can find it yeah it's it's very emotional just thinking about the stuff i've been through (sighs) but it's worth it now getting into recovery i'm not i mean 
I'm at a loss. I'm still stuck in what happened. <laughs> you still think about the grief and the loss. Of course. Of course. I'm always going to think about it. I try to stay real positive because I'm like my friends that passed away, my friends from back where I'm from, they're probably proud of me. Like, hey, look at Rachel. Yeah. I don't know. But I just, I use little things for hope. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else in your story that you want to share? Final thoughts with our audience if they are wrestling with this question about do I have an addiction or not? I would say you're not alone. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's true. There are so many people that have been through this and done this. It's worth it to push through. I would say you can do it, but you really can overcome this situation. There's so many people willing to help, so many resources, advocates, therapists, doctors. You just got to put yourself in it. I really appreciate when reflecting on your story that the moments for you were a com like the combination, it sounds like, of recognizing how much control your use had over you. Mm-hmm not the other way around, right. which is what we often like to think. <laughs> right. And then the loss, you know, because yeah. there is, there's so much loss and ultimately like so much sadness. I think I really relate to that, you know, just like looking at the place that you're at and being like, is this really what you, what I want for myself? It doesn't hit you at once. Like you said earlier, it's a slow realization. You just slowly notice stuff. You'll be yeah. like, why are my friends doing the same thing over and over? It's just little things they add up. Well, I really appreciate you coming here today, Rachel. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we always close out by telling everybody to keep on fighting in the open. Bye. Bye.